Take the wrongs out of me. Give me a new life. Especially the year year one. A new university, a new place, a new environment. Oh, let the ancient world in power. We single or no, I stand under the unction of this great God. And I introduce to you, Pastor Put your hands together for Jesus. May the Lord bless us in Jesus' name. So you don't have to stand again. May we just pray. Father, I thank you for everything you have done. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying and resurrecting for us. This has ushered us into the realm of grace. And we have become heads of the kingdom of God because of your death and resurrection. Thank you for the life you have given to us. Thank you for making all things to work together for good for us in Akwaibom State University. For everything that you have done. May your name be highly exalted now and forevermore. I commit this moment, Lord, into your hands. Speak to us. Teach us. Reveal the power in your word as you speak to us in this gathering in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Be seated, please. Oh, glory, glory, glory to the Lord. Oh, oh, glory, glory, glory to the Lord. Hosanna, 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 blessed be the name. to this place, I feel the presence of God. And I thank God for making this happen in Akwaibum State University. I want to commend every hand that is on deck to make this possible. I want to commend the Vice Chancellor. I can talk about the immediate past Vice Chancellor and our current vice chancellor. I don't know much about the previous ones. I can say a few things about them concerning the fear of God. I can say that under this, the last and the present regime, there is zero tolerance to immorality. And that connotes the fear of God. And if the VC will say 
let's shut down the chapel of praise. Won't it be shut down? So I thank him for allowing this to continue. May the Lord bless him and his household. I want to appreciate the Dean of Student Affairs, my very good friend, Dr. Dixon. I can also say that he is managing the affairs of the students of this great institution with the fear of God. My friend, may the Lord bless you and your household. I want to appreciate Dr. C and his beautiful wife. Don't you clap? <laughs> Is mommy not beautiful? I want to appreciate him. I want to also appreciate mommy for, for coming to share this moment with us. Daddy and mommy, may the Lord bless you and your household. I want to commend the mama of the chapel. <laughs> yes. The Lord will bless her. And the Lord is already blessing her. And the Lord will continue to bless you, madam. You are doing well. And then, I, I don't know. Each time I come here, the things I see makes me to be very happy. And I hope we are also grooming people that will replace this uh, present crop of uh, uh, song leaders, band leaders. You are doing well. May the Lord bless them. Amen. The choristers, you are doing well. And I say, you will sing in heaven. <laughs> yes. Yes. You will sing in heaven. <laughs> and to every one of us who is here, the grace of the Lord shall follow you home. Okay. Hallelujah. Eh? Hallelujah. Eh? Hallelujah. Eh? Is the sound of victory. Hallelujah. Eh? Hallelujah. Let the sound of rejoicing fill the air. Hallelujah. of the Lord and thank God we are here I want to take the text of our message today from a very popular scripture 
I want to read from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read just one verse, verse 18. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Amen. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of Christ Jesus concerning you, concerning me, concerning every one of us. And so the topic of our message is just direct from the statement, in everything, give thanks. Hmm? Tell your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and tell him, or her, brother, sister, in everything, give thanks. That means we should thank God in all situations. This is what the Holy Spirit is reminding the church. In whatever situation you see yourself, just say a thank you to God. Now, it's, it's a seeming very, very foolish statement to make. That even when I'm losing, I should say thank, thank you. That even when I'm in pains, we should say thank you. That even when the odds are not against us, we should still say thank you. By ordinary wisdom, that is foolishness. But thank God, First Corinthians chapter 3 verse 19, the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And since there are to every scripture, the scripture, the word of God is a double-edged sword. So there's another face to every scripture. The things that seem to be wise in the eyes of men before God are foolishness. The things, the statements, the things people may say is not worthy of consideration. These are the things that matter to God. In everything, did you lose a dear one? Are you an orphan? By your thinking, you are not supposed to be here. You're not come. Are you sick? God is telling us, irrespective of the situation, we should always tell Him. Can you afford your, your, your daily meals? Do you think you are less privileged? God is still telling us, we should tell him, thank you. Why, why is God saying this? There are so many reasons we can, we can attribute to it. And I want to look at one of these few reasons why God should tell us to thank him, even when we are in pains. Even when we are uncomfortable, why should God tell us to thank him? Number one. The number one reason is that God is in charge of the whole world. God is the supreme 
authority. God is everywhere. God is the creator of the universe. God owns everything. Colossians chapter 1 from verse 16 to 17. Bible in that portion, it says, whether they be thrones, whether they be dominions, whether they be principalities, visible or invisible, whether they be powers, they were all created by God and for him. This portion confirms the supremacy of God over every authority, over every order. It is God that set the order of the universe. And that is why the world is not chaotic. When it is 7 o'clock, it is morning. Eh? By the afternoon, the, the sun will rise and there will be sun if it's in the dry season. If the rain is supposed to come, the rain comes. Everything comes in the order of God. It, nobody can distort it. Hallelujah. No authority, no government, no principality can distort the order of things. When it is time for morning, it will be morning. When it is time for night, it will be night. When it is time for the rains to come, the rain will come. This order is set by God because God created the universe and everything therein and directed the way it should be. Nobody can change it. So God is in charge. God is the supreme authority of the world. And the man that is, on, is in authority decides what happens. So we, we, we have to believe the scripture and know that whatever happens, whatever happens, God has decided and has even preordained it to happen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 30 verse 10. Sorry, Matthew chapter 10 verse 30. The Bible in that portion says that even the very hairs of our head are what? Are numbered. This, this, this shows that we have a God who is in charge. And God is not encumbered. It's not like a man who is on, in authority and is encumbered by the numerous things he must do and so he forgets tiny details. No! For him to number the very hairs on our head, it shows that we have a God who is attentive and who is also in charge. Nothing. He's so detailed that nothing, no aspect of your life will escape his notice. If you're sick today, just know that the God who is in charge has allowed it to come. Don't attribute any situation you find yourself to anybody if you do that you will be giving the honor that is due to god to whatever hallelujah so in in whatever situation we see ourselves we should thank god which will show forth which will even show forth that we believe the scripture we believe god as the supreme authority as the one who is in charge if you fail to thank him if you attribute your situation to any other thing, any other reason, you have given the glory that is due to God to whatever. So we should thank him. If you feel it is not well with you, still tell him thank you. You see, Job, Job was going in this consciousness. And that is why when afflictions came the way of Job, in Job chapter 2 verse 10, 
The wife came and told him, Joe, are you still maintaining your integrity? Why not curse God and die? You know what Joe told the wife? He said, you speak like one of the foolish women. I thank God he said, one of the foolish women. He didn't say you speak like a foolish or he didn't generalize. If you are a wise woman in this house, may the Lord bless you. The foolish woman is the one who does not tolerate affliction. Eh? Doesn't tolerate any adversity. But a wise woman will even be the pillar to the home, to the husband when affliction comes. So Job told the wife, you're speaking like one of the foolish women. Do you, do you expect good all the time from God without expecting evil? Have you heard? So that means... Job attributed the evil that he was experiencing, even to God. When Job was living in affluence, Job also, by that very statement, recognized that his affluence, his riches, came from God. And when abject poverty came, Job also recognized that God was in charge. I thank God, because if you read the story of Job, you will hear in conclusion that the end of Job was even better than his beginning. Hallelujah. That, that you are experiencing afflictions today, that you are experiencing hardship today, is not the end of the story. That what, is, what the future portends is better than what is gone. So it's an opportunity for us to always tell God, thank you. When you wake up in the morning and there's no money for your daily meal, kneel down and tell him, Father, Thank you for making me to experience hunger. It sounds very foolish, but this is the wisdom of God. And uh, number two reason we should always thank God is, you know, if you, the scripture in James chapter 1 verse 17, every good and perfect gift comes from Comes is from above and cometh from the Father of light in whom there is no variableness. Hallelujah. Now, it, it, the Bible talks there about good and perfect gift. Now, by our wisdom, we cannot decipher what is good and perfect. Please believe me. We cannot. By my wisdom, I don't know what is good. We've got to believe God to a point where we agree that what we even want for ourselves may not be the best. So if God is the giver of every perfect and good gift, we've got to trust him. Concerning whatever situation, whatever he gives to us. If God gives me tears, that is what he has given to me. We've got to believe that. That is his perfect gift for us at that point. If he gives me joy, let's rejoice. Because that is his perfect and good gift in his wisdom for us at that moment. So we've got to know that we thank God even for the things we pray for. And he doesn't give to us. I thank God that he didn't allow me to marry the wife I wanted to marry. I, I, eh? Yes, men, 
Doctor, see, we thank God that. I thank God personally that he didn't allow me to marry the wife I wanted to marry. I thank God that he didn't allow me to study the course I wanted to study. This is the realm, this is the level we have to get to in our thanksgiving to God. We even thank God for the things we think are not good because it is in our wisdom that we consider these things not good. But in the wisdom of God, this is the perfect gift that he has chosen to give to us at that point in time. Some of us are here. You should thank God that you are in a Bible State University to study physics. Instead of the medicine you wanted to study. Thank God. Thank God that you are at Bible State University to study history and international relations instead of the law that you wanted to study. Yes. You know, you know, you know, sometimes it takes a seemingly wrong turn to get to your destination. Did somebody hear that? Sometimes it takes a seemingly wrong turn. You are going to a destination, and before you know it, there's a detour, and you're wondering, Am I on the right track? Am I on the right track? But alas, you arrive at your destination. This is this is it. This is it. So you don't need to lament. Oh, I am an orphan. How am I going to cope with this? Thank God that He has He has made you an orphan. Yes. Thank God that you, you lost your parents when they were you were so young. How are you? Don't don't lament. There is a God. He is an almighty provider. He will provide for you. Look at the great men in history. Look at them. Some of them are some of us are where we are today because we were less privileged. Maybe we would have been one of these useless people in town if we were privileged. And God said, No. This one will not be useless. How am I going to make him to be worthy? Okay. Papa, go and rest. Mama, go and rest. And that stripped some of us of all the youthful exuberance that would have led us astray. And we became sober. And that's why most of the prominent men you see today are what they are. Because of the foundation. Because of the Ugly situation, seemingly ugly situation. They they saw themselves. That sold them up. That made them to be very determined and very resolute. Because God gives a perfect and good gift all the time. So when you receive from the Lord, irrespective of what you think it is, tell him, Father, I have received from you. Eh? Thank you. But they car and they come. God, God does not will things from his children. Jesus was giving an illustration. Is if Ella will not give his child a serpent from her, eh? will not give his child a stone for bread. No, 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 no father will give me bread and give stone. No, no other will do that. Jesus was illustrating. He said, if the Ella will not do that, how will your heavenly father? All kind, all loving father give you a stone instead of bread. He won't. So when, when, when situations are odd and when things are difficult, you should be attentive to what God is trying to tell you in those situations. Keep thanking him. He's working out something. Let me tell you what is. 
For some of us who didn't afflict, how many of us have stayed around a tailor before? A tailor, a tailor, seamstress, fashion designer. Yes. In some tailors, don't even allow the owners of the material they want to make clothes out of to stay around them. You know why? Because initially, they bring your expensive material one year for five, ten thousand. They bring it late and bring it scissors and flesh-lessy. Chop it in bits. If you stay around them, it's only the grace of God that will stop you from holding your hand. Don't cut my clothes like that. They will cut, they will, they will keep it in all those expensive materials and cut it in bits. And them, and see the way you handle them, tied with pieces of cloth and trickling about. Buried and kept it there. That is, or three days, according to his schedule, he will come and pick that bit and begin to stitch them together. Stitch, stitch the pieces together. Stitch. Before you know it, a beautiful suit will come out. When we feel we are afflicted, thank God, because out of that affliction, out of that tear that you are seeing, out of that hunger that is biting you, out of your inability to pay your school fee, something beautiful. God is working out something. Something one day come out. So we have to thank Him. Yes. Number three, reason why we always thank God, error where connection. You see, a lot of people in this era believe in connection. Eh? And then some of us are so connected until we, we have disconnected ourselves completely from the will of God. We have disconnected ourselves completely from the will of God because of connection. Posting comes out. Are the grad ones here? And why is it posting is out? And you are posted to a point state. And you say, no, God, I can't go there. You think God was not there when all the arrangement of posting were being done? You think God wasn't there? And then the final answer comes and you see yourself posted to Bielsa. You say, God, God forbid, I cannot go to Bielsa. And you call your uncle, you call your godfather, you pull strings around the whole of this country. Where do you want to go? I want to go to Abuja. Ask people. Some people have gone to Abuja only to save in coupon houses. You know, pool houses. Because you go there, every way is saturated. You don't have, that is not the will of God for you. That is not where God wanted you to be. And you begin to lament, Father, where were you when they posted me to Bayelsa? What sort of thing? And behold, the blessing of God is waiting, programmed by God himself, and kept for you where? In Bayelsa. So the things we see as not being good in the wisdom of God, that is what God wants to happen in our life at that particular place. Look at the life of Apostle Paul. He himself confessed that he's, a, he's an apostle unto the Gentiles. Eh? And that was the will of God for Apostle Paul to go and preach the gospel to the Gentiles. But what did Apostle Paul do? Being a Jew, each time he sees the misbehavior of his brethren, the Jews, out of compassion, he will leave the Gentiles and go to the Jews. Go and look, look, look at the scriptures. It was in the synagogue of the Jews that he was always flocked. Eh? He was, it was in the synagogue of the Jews that is where they would hold him and flog him. All the affliction that Paul experienced was in the synagogue of the Jews because 
where God wanted him to be. He refused to be there and went to where God did not want him to be. Don't worry. If it's the will of God, you can make it as a physicist. You can make it as a mathematician. You can make it as, as, as a journalist. Just believe that your being in Akwa Ibumse University is according to his divine will and purpose for him and then have reasons to tell him thank you. I am saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you. I am saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God. For your kindness, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God. I am saying thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God. Well, as the last reason why we must always thank God is because, see, the beginning of a thing does not matter. It is the end of a thing that matters. And so if you read Isaiah 46, verse 10, you see something. God, 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 God chanted his name and said, I am God, only one God that declared the end of a thing from the beginning. It is not how you start anything that matters. It is not how you start a business that the spirit of God has moved you to go and start. You start, oh, it's too, it's too, oh, it's too, it's too, it's too, the suffering is too much, it's too discouraging. You start a ministry today, oh, the suffering is so much, and you begin to, is, is really the will of God in my life? Did God really call me? What sort of suffering is this? No. It's not the beginning. No man has the ability to know the end of a journey from the beginning except God. So when a thing comes, when a situation arises, when affliction comes, and it, it doesn't seem to be favorable, endure a little, seek the face of God, still thank him for that situation because the Bible says God declared it the end of a thing from where from the beginning each and every one of you that is here earnestly god alone knows how your end in this place will be and that is why he has brought you jeremiah 29 verse 7 he said, i know verse 11 for i know i know the thought i know my thought towards you thought of peace not of evil to give you what an expected end so when the thoughts when the mind of God, when the workings of God begin to manifest in your life, don't cry too much and forget to thank him. Because all that is happening that he may take you to what? To an expected end. It is only in the will of God that we can flourish. Outside the will of God, we can only have shame and disappointment. When God closes a door, behold, I keep before you an open door which no man can close. So it's God that has the sole prerogative to open doors before us, is it not? 
And since the scripture is also a double-edged sword, God can also close a door. Eh? And when he closes a door, no one can open it. There are people who have, some of, some of the most brilliant students who have not secured admission into Akwaibun State University. Some of them brighter than you are, but they are not here because against them, God has closed the door. Maybe that is the one who would have died in his first year. Are you following me, madam? Maybe that is the one who would have died on this campus in his first year. And God said, no, for you not to die, wait. Next year you come. By that time, the wave of that death had done what? Had gone. You start your car and he refuses to start. You start again. One pastor prayed for me when I bought, uh, what do you call that? Med 90. I bought Med 90. When I bought it, many years ago, came back from youth service and I bought Med 90. I took it to my pastor to pray. It was my car. Very honorably. I didn't drive it. I ruled it to my pastor. I said, Papa, please pray for this man. And he prayed. He anointed. And you know what the man of God said? And as a pastor, I took that prayer. I've been praying for people. He he, he laid his hand on the back and said, Father Lord, anytime this my son will ride, if an accident is waiting, that day, let this motorcycle not start. Eh? And I looked at it. He said, yes. If anything that is bad is, is waiting ahead of him, let something happen to this motorcycle and let the journey stop halfway. So it means that even in my car refusing to start for the day, eh, instead of lamenting, I should say, God, thank you for not allowing this car to start because that may just be the day that accident would have occurred on the way to the office. So in the wisdom of God, it is right for us to always tell him, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for everything you have done. exception all of us we've all faltered in this one we've we instead of we've replaced thanks 
with sighing, with grumbling, with murmuring. Some of us, we've stayed away even for, some of us refuse to go to church on some Sundays because, I don't know, where was God when I didn't have money to go to church often? We've replaced it. So I want us to tell God, please, forgive us. Forgive us for not thanking you all the time. For not thanking you in everything. Even the things we think are bad. For not thanking you for our prayers that you did not answer. I tell you, if God answers every prayer you pray, by now you would have died. If God had answered every prayer that you've ever prayed, by now you would have done what? You would have died. So tell him, Father, thank you for not answering that prayer. Many times things will happen in my life and I will tell him, Father, thank you. I see now, I now see why you did not give me the request that time. It wouldn't have been good. So first and foremost, let us all tell him, Father, forgive me for faltering. Forgive me for not keeping this divine ordinance. Thanking you in everything. Let us pray. May the Lord in his infinite mercies hear our prayers and forgive this our sin in Jesus name. Open your mouth and begin to tell him thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for my life. Thank you for this admission that you've given me. Thank you for the kind of parent you gave to me. Thank you for my sibling. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my situation. Tell him thank you for everything. Thank you. For the things I rejected. For the things I murmured about. For those things that made me sad. For the prayers you, you did not answer. For my request that were not granted. All this happened for good. Father, we thank you. Thank you for everything. May your name be highly exalted. You are Lord and there is none like you. Be thou exalted now and forevermore. Amen. Give Jesus praise. Give God a clap offering this morning.